the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. And no, I am not Nick Phillips. Um, I have had the pleasure of co-hosting The Advocate with Nick Phillips. And this evening, I am going to be your substitute host. Nick is out of town, so but he tells me he's going to be listening in. Um, so I'm going to do my best here to make him proud. And we will miss you, Nick. Who knows, maybe he'll even call in. Um, so I, we're going to have a, a one-hour live show this evening. And I do have a special guest joining me tonight um, that I'm excited about having some good conversation about a variety of topics. We'll see where the spirit moves us. And uh, the second half hour of the show uh, Patrick Manning, who is here, is going to tell you a little bit about a wonderful project he's been involved in. So uh, I want to welcome Patrick Manning, He just so you know a little bit about him. He is the proud father of four, a grandfather of six. He's lived in Cleveland his entire life, other than when he was earning his degree at Ohio State University. Uh, and Patrick, you're, you're a financial advisor, uh, focusing on personal and business owner life insurance, and retirement planning. Uh, Patrick volunteers as the chairman of the St. Ignatius High School Alumni Service Committee and the St. Benedict Joseph Labra Society, where he visits with homeless on Sunday nights. And that is going to be our second half-hour topic. Uh, Four generations of Mannings have attended St. Ignatius, and Patrick has held leadership positions in several area Republican clubs, and was elected twice to Fairview, Fairview Park City Council. So welcome, Patrick. It's nice to have you with us tonight. Thank you, Kathy. It's great to be here. Good. And I hope you're going to have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. Good. So, you know, I, I uh, now Nick normally, Nick writes out some topic matters, and we kind of go through them. And I didn't write them out. I thought we would just... Kind of do a snapshot of what we've seen going on in the news this week and what's happening and, and, and let that take us wherever it takes us. Um, so I don't know. I guess the most prominent thing, of course, in the news this week has been the, the war in Ukraine. Absolutely. Yeah. It's top of mind. Uh, for me, I, it just makes me so sad to see these people suffering, dying. Uh, it's, I was telling one of my kids the other day, I have never seen, I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime. Sure. I know my parents have, uh, but at least in World War II, the United States was able to act. It seems like, um, and I know there are reasons for it, we are just sitting by and watching people get killed. Yes. And so sad. Yes. And it, it's, it's, it's brutal what is happening with them, and it is brutal to watch. 
and and I think there is an I think many probably most Americans feel as though we need to be doing more. Would you, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I feel I feel that from from my conversations, um, and it doesn't matter whether these people are on the right or on the left or in the middle. I, I think that's a, a a broad across the board feeling that we are all in agreement. Yeah. With. Um, so, but at the same time, I think there is a huge sentiment of you know. Don't don't get us involved in another boots on the ground war. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did hear a report today that I thought was interesting. Um, I don't know, may, maybe this has been talked about earlier in the week, but I just heard today that we actually have uh, veterans and some of the same veteran groups that have been working in Afghanistan, trying to still rescue mm-hmm. those that are. Um, government left behind yeah um that's a whole other story and shame um but they have actually relocated to ukraine and are working alongside the ukrainians in roles where they are trying to train them on how to use some of the weapons Mm -hmm. and and and, um fighting strategies uh so you know but we sit back and we watch and feel as though we should do more. And the the answer, and maybe you've heard others, but the the answer coming from Capitol Hill is we don't want to escalate things. And my question is, how much more could he be escalated, Putin? Yeah. Um, I, I just can't forget Ronald Reagan, peace through strength. Yes, and uh, Putin has made this move, I believe, because he knows we do not have strength in the White House right now. You know, the Chinese are sitting by right now and planning their next move. Uh, It's you know, I, I. I believe they are, yes. And, and uh, you know, that's been made mention of here and there uh, in the news media. Not a lot. But um, we, we know that China's helping Russia currently. We know, we know there's a relationship there. And, and uh, you know, if I, <laughs> if I was president, is it Xi or Chairman Xi, whatever his name is, in China, I, I, you know, I would be looking at this going, this is the time to make Absolutely. the move. On Taiwan, absolutely, um, we couldn't be in a weaker position or or more ill prepared, right? At this juncture, and they know the president of the United States is not going to do anything. Exactly, he will allow this to continue. And so then the question becomes, why, why? So you know, and and Nick, if you're listening, I'm going to throw this in for you. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the timing of things that, you know, also in the news this week is the Hunter Biden laptop issue. And more and more keeps dribbling out on that. And interestingly, many of the news outlets that wouldn't touch it before are uh, actually now admitting that, yes, it, it's true, it's real. Um, and, you know... 
when you look at it, what what we're what we're hearing so far in this is that the Biden family has been receiving funds, not just Hunter, but Hunter's uncle, our president's brother, um, and there's talk that our president too has been receiving a benefit from that funding, and so so. And it's not, it's been money coming from Russia, money coming from Ukraine, and money coming from China. All the players that are involved right here, and all of these things converge at one time where we're hearing the information about Hunter, and yes, it's true, and there's this war between Russia and Ukraine, and and China is posturing. Do, Do we think it's coincidental, the timing? There's no coincidences in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> Sad but true. And, and, you know, and people are questioning, why is, uh, why are those outlets, those media outlets that wouldn't touch it before and deliberately tried to squash the story? Why suddenly now are they reporting? What, what's the motivating factor there? Is it because it's just going to become undeniable? Is it because there are going to be indictments? Indictments are imminent. Um, I, I even heard a theory that Biden is failing so badly in his polls and that that the Democrats actually want to push him out, and they're going to use this to push him out. Any thoughts on that? Joe Biden has absolutely nothing to offer to the Democratic Party. And in politics, everything is about power. Sorry to say, we the people are left out of the equation most of the time. And they know that Joe Biden is failing so bad that they're willing to get rid of him. I agree with you. Okay, so we're going to take a little short break here. And when we come back, we're going to continue this discussion and hit on some other topics. And if you care to call in with questions or comments, please do. The number's one eight 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 two eight one 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 zero. We'd be happy to hear from you. Questions, comments, or anything that you'd like to add. And we will be right back. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Thank you for joining us again, everybody. And again, uh, you are listening to Kathy Lux on The Advocate. Nick is out of town tonight, and so I'm, I'm pinch hitting or pitch hitting. What is that, pitch hitting? Pin- pitch. Pitch, yeah. okay. Pin- pinch right. is this. I shouldn't use any kind of sports analogies <laughs> in any event. And I have Patrick Manning in the studio with me this evening, joining me. Um, and so we're, we're just uh, talking about a, a variety of subjects tonight. Uh, and a little bit later, Patrick's going to tell you some really interesting information about an organization that he's involved with, uh, working with the homeless in Cleveland. So but we'll get, get to that the second half an hour. And so, yeah, so there are no coincidences in Washington, huh, Patrick? Nope, not it's, at all. It's all tied together. And and what do you think of the of the theories that 
that um, the media is coming forward on this now for either to push Biden out or um, what? What do you or indictments are imminent? Well, well, what we do know is the FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop for three years. Three. Three years. And so all of a sudden, they're starting to release information about specific emails that were found in the laptop. Hmm. It just, there's, there's a reason for it. There, there is. It's a, I'm so curious to know what that is. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think everybody can agree that if you watch Joe Biden in, you know, a press conference or something like that, he doesn't appear in uh, possession of his faculties. That's true. To put it, you know, yes, politely, yes, and. <clears throat> He is of no value to the Democratic Party. He is not going to help anybody get elected. His ratings are as low as anything. Oh, his polling is record lows. Yeah. His his policies, are, you know, pretty much every decision, um, abandoning the United States citizens over in Afghanistan, yes. abandoning the Afghanistanis. Uh, giving $83 billion in armaments to the enemy over there. Yeah, those are Those are things, and we know that he did that against the military advice. advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, you know, that was the number, that was the first major problem. Mm-hmm. Now we have... <clears throat> I believe the number is up to 18,000 people coming over our southern border now. And it's not just the oppressed from Central America or anything like that. They're catching terrorists from the Middle East. Um, We're seeing – we saw a record number of fentanyl deaths, overdoses last year. Yeah. That is coming through our southern border. There is no denying that. So we're killing our American citizens through this policy. And if, have you ever, because I to this day don't believe I've heard one, have you heard any reasonable explanation as to why we should be doing what we're doing? They're, they're, not, they're not talking about it. They you don't. know, Kamala is the borders are. Right. And what has she done? Off to look for the root cause. <laughs> um, right. And, and then we've heard nothing more from her on mm-hmm. it. And so now, um, sometime in May, I don't remember exactly when, we're lifting Title 42. 42. Our mm-hmm. president is lifting Title mm-hmm. 42. And Title 42, if I understand it correctly, is gives the Border Patrol the ability to turn back many of these people Mm -hmm. for health reasons due to the pandemic, Mm -hmm. correct? And so now, and that's, as I was, you know, I I had my my usual Sunday when I'm not working of 
the talk shows on while I'm trying to catch up on my my cleaning and my laundry around my apartment. And, you know, I, I'm I'm hearing um, patrol uh, word coming from the Border Patrol that that was their last line of of defense, mm-hmm. that that was their last tool yep. that yep. they could use. So now, yep. so now that's gone. And so we know we're facing already a situation that is out of control. And this, they are saying, is just going to be utter chaos. Yeah. And I, and I just, I want to know if there are any Americans that really feel this is a good thing. I just can't believe, here again, whether you're left, right, or center, how can this be a good thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that, that we want to be um, kind and helpful to people all over the world. We can't save the world, and, and, and we have issues at home that we're, we're just not, we're not dealing with or we're making worse. And many of these issues, I feel are being created one after another. Absolutely. So so you just have to stop and, and ask yourself why. And I how about the Texas governor? Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's he's already got the buses lined up. Mm-hmm. He's going to bus them to, to DC mm-hmm. and I you know, and people are calling it a a, a stunt. Um I, he's sending a message, that's for sure, but yep. but boy you know, maybe they'll get this message yeah. because they haven't gotten any of them so far. Right. I mean, they want to crack down on you and me wearing a mask, mm-hmm. and yet they're sending all. Of, they're allowing all these people to come over the border without being tested or anything like that. I mean, what what sense does that make at all? And it just gets back to. I mean, there's been a series of very bad decisions, and even. The Democrats now are seeing, you know, hey, I'm not going to get reelected if this continues. And so back to the your conspiracy theory <laughs> of, you know, there, there's no coincidence in them releasing this information to the media. The media's, you know, starting to run with it and everything like that. And um, I just think that they're. Biden is of no use to them whatsoever. And so then we have to think about, you know, what's the succession plan? Um, I really don't believe anybody believes Kamala Harris would make an effective president. So there's. She'll be out looking for root causes yeah. all, all, all over the place. And we'll never get. A report back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the findings. Yeah. But yeah. So then what? So Kamala can't, certainly can't fill the role. No. And and so, but you know, Pelosi would be the next in line, in the line of succession. I can't fathom that. No, I don't think they would allow that either. So they must have some other plan. I believe they do. And what have you heard? I don't want to say. You don't. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I can't bear the thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it, you know this is this is um, 
if it, if it, if things weren't so dire, um, dire, dire, period, right? Yeah. Um, but they are, and boy, we need some leadership, some strong leadership, we sure and we need it now. Yep, um, and some answers. Yep, uh, and and some honesty, some truth in our in the information that we receive mm-hmm. from the media, and you know. It, it hasn't been there. That's an oxymoron. It, uh, you're, I, I, I agree with you. It is an oxymoron. Being a journalism major. <laughs> Are you really? Were you? I, I learned in at uh, the School of Journalism at Ohio State University that I would never be a journalist. Why? Um, they weren't interested in the truth. I see. And I'm. I had. And I had some great great instructors Mm -hmm. but it already permeated the newsroom that they had an agenda and they wanted me to write stories on that storyline follow the narrative yep and i didn't do that i see but it was still it still worked out it's rough going through life being one of those people isn't it (laughs) i know my you know in my years of of being um, in elected office, um, if you're not willing to play ball mm-hmm. and, and, and you want to stick by, with the roles, play by the roles, and tell the truth, boy, it's a hard road. Sure is. It's a hard road to take. And the sad part is that even when you do that, um, oh, I was so naive with the media. I thought when the reporters came knocking, if I stood there and told them the truth and explained everything, how could I fail? Well, they edit <laughs> and, and they change it. And the, and the it, people don't get the context and really don't get the information. It's a right. disservice. Right. It's a yep. huge disservice to I people. I hate to say it, but Trump said the, the media is the enemy of the people. And people really lambasted him for that. But it's true. It's true. Yeah. So we'll be right back with more of... The Advocate, stay tuned, and thanks for being with us. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And welcome back, everyone, and you are with guest host, Kathy Lux, this evening. Thanks for joining us. Um, And so for this next segment, I am so excited to um, share Patrick Manning's story with you. He will be sharing it with you uh, about a wonderful organization. And I think, you know, we hear so much now about um, the invasion of our schools with some of these programs that just don't seem healthy for our kids, don't seem uh, to be along the lines of what we as parents want to see. And this story is heartwarming in that it's it's a wonderful, wonderful lesson, uh, life lesson for students. Uh, and Patrick will tell you more about that. Um, and it's also a wonderful humanitarian thing to do. So, Patrick, with that, um, you told me a bit about your involvement with it. It's the St. Benedict Joseph Labra Society. Yes. And, I, and so I'm so excited about uh, you sharing this with everyone this evening so that they can learn about it and um, 
And I, I, I'd like you to, if you would, explain how it started and what this is. Sure. Thanks, Kathy. It's, uh, it is really an amazing, um, I don't want to call it a program. It's, it's all about relationships. And uh, so just going back to the start, um, St. Benedict Joseph Labra is a patron saint of the homeless, and he lived in the 1700s, mid-1700s. He came from a very well-to-do family in France, but he gave up all his possessions, and he lived on the streets with the homeless, helping them out. And uh, so it started way back then. And then um, 18 years ago, two teachers at St. Ignatius High School started the Labra organization at St. Ignatius. And uh, one night, Jim Skirl and Tim Grady made some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and hopped in their car and they drove around downtown looking for homeless people. Mm-hmm. And that was 18 years ago. And since then, for the last 1,009 Sundays, tonight is actually 1,009, students, faculty, and parents have gone out into the streets and visited with the homeless people in Cleveland. And <clears throat> it's really a learning lesson. It's, it's the greatest class. It's not actually a class, but it's the greatest learning experience a St. Ignatius student could ever have because they're going out there and they're visiting with people that are literally living on the streets, Mm -hmm. no roof over their head. And the, the homeless people, uh, people give me a lot of kudos for going out and doing this every week. I get so much more out of it. That's wonderful. It's, uh, and so, can you, if you would, um, take us through, you know, the, the logistics, the the mechanics, the okay. the sure. um, t- tell us what a night is like, yeah. start to finish. How do you prep? How do you? What do you do? Yeah, so we um, we go down to Ignatius at four thirty on Sunday night, and uh, we were were been so blessed with so many donations. We have the children at. St. Ambrose out in Brunswick making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all week. So they send uh, 125 sandwiches down. So we'll pack those up. Um, We have uh, one of our great Jesuit priests down there uh, grills hot dogs. He grills Mm -hmm. 125 hot dogs every Sunday afternoon. So we wrap those up. Um, Connor Walters is our faculty uh, moderator for the program, and uh, he cooks up an absolutely awesome soup every week. He won't tell us what the recipe is or he'd have to kill us. <laughs> um, and uh, so we take, you know, we, we get all the food uh, prepped, and then we bag it up. So it's, uh, Panera is so, so generous. Uh, they donate pastry every week. Um, so we've got hot dogs, bottle of water, soup, hot chocolate, or we'll switch over to iced tea probably 
in the next week or two. And then a lot of times we have people that will bring down trays of food that they maybe they had a party, a graduation party, and they'll bring the leftovers or mm-hmm. um, there's a great uh, golf outing, uh, the Chili Open, and Ed Plaspal has been working with that organization for years, and they donate all their leftovers to us. So, I mean, it, that's always amazing, all the food that, that comes in. Um, and then the other donations are uh, um, these people need they need clothes. Mm-hmm. So I guess it hasn't really rained for three days yet now. But have we it, made it three? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but but when it rained on Friday, mm-hmm. you know those people they're soaked, and all they can do is strip off their clothes, and hopefully they have another. You know, they've got some more jeans or hoodies or something like that in their bags. So we get donations for clothes, and it's really, really, really needed. You know, jeans, not not dress pants, obviously. Hoodies are good because they keep them warmer. They can put the hood over their head, socks, blankets, and um, those donations are great. And if anybody out there can donate please call St. Ignatius High School and uh, tell them that you would like to donate to the Labra organization, and and they'll be happy to take your uh, stuff. So, yeah, so we head out at, uh, you know, we assemble the food, uh, pack the vans, we go over to the chapel, we do a literal um, reflection, and then um, and then we head out. We have three vans that go out every Sunday. We kind of have the area split up, east, west, and flats. And we have specific stops where we have seen homeless people before, and they expect us. They know that we'll be coming. It might be a rapid station or it might be, you know, somebody out in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, they know we'll be coming, and uh, so we'll go out and visit them. And it's really about the relationships that we develop with these people. It's not the food. It's not the clothes, although those are greatly appreciated. Uh, you know, sometimes these people never hear their name for the entire week. So the first thing that we do is when we stop, introduce ourselves again to them and ask them what their name is and repeat their name because, you know, they may have been called a bum that week or get a job or, you know, you're drunk. So just to, just to make them feel like a person. Again. Absolutely. And human. Yep. It's That's all about wonderful. the relationship. And, and so, so you're interacting with these people. You're not just dropping off. Exactly. Food yeah. and clothes and, and, and walking away until the next Sunday. Right. Yep. It's all about the visit with them. And that's wonderful. Yeah. And I bet they're they're glad to see you coming. Oh, they are. It's amazing. I mean, one, you know, last Sunday, um, <clears throat> one guy came out and he goes, oh, I don't want any food. I just wanted to see you guys. Oh. You know? Yeah. And that's when you that's really beautiful. know that you've really established a, a relationship with somebody. And, mm-hmm. and they're so grateful for it. And, again, we, we're so grateful. It's... Uh, you know, it's just so, well, number one, it's motivating for me to see these people get up every single day and keep charging ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's just a very uh, spiritual experience. It's like I think I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's probably the best learning experience a St. Ignatius student has because these guys will give the students advice. You know, here's this homeless guy, but, you know, they're saying stay in school, study, work hard, you know, Mm -hmm. don't give up. And it's one thing for a teacher to say that, but it's another thing for a guy out on the streets to be telling these these students that. And then and then here's this homeless guy. He'll turn around and want to pray for these students. That's beautiful. To keep them safe and keep them in school. It's wonderful. So I want to hear more about... Um, the people that you are encountering, um, what has brought them there, what you've learned from them about their plight. Um, And we'll get to that and more when we get back. We're with Patrick Manning on The Advocate, so stay tuned with us. We'll be back in a few minutes with more conversation. Thank you. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kathy Luck subbing for Nick Phillips this evening. And I have the pleasure of having Patrick Manning in the studio with me tonight. He's talking about a wonderful program. And so, Patrick, we were, we were talking, and of course, you don't, I guess you don't want to call it a program, but, and, and rightfully so, um, so we were talking about the fact that it's a relationship and that you actually interact with these people. And, I, th- I, I, you know, I think it's interesting. I'd like to hear more about your interactions with them. Who are these people? What is their story? Um, uh, you, you wouldn't believe who these people are, Kathy. Um, we've had nights where the some of the adults have seen people that used to be their coworkers. Wow. They say, you know, some people are one paycheck away from homelessness. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. One of our guys uh, worked at a major Cleveland corporation, and uh, we were out one night, and he saw a guy who was in the IT department, you know, pretty good-paying job and everything, mm-hmm. and he got laid off. And a month or two later, he was out on the street. So um, there's those kind of situations. But the other thing is, I would say, this is my estimate, but I would say um, probably 75% of these people have substance abuse issues or mental health issues. Hmm. And it's it's so sad um, and one thing is Cleveland is such a generous town. We're the, we're the second poorest city in the country, uh, only behind Detroit. But there are places where our homeless brothers and sisters can go seven days a week to get a meal. And some places they can go and get a shower and everything like that. So that is such a credit to the generous people of Cleveland, Ohio, and all the different organizations that recognize the plight of these uh, homeless people. And so these are not, these, these are not government 
based groups. These no. are these are strictly volunteers. Yeah, there's and, and and I'm not saying that there are no government um, organizations involved at all. As a matter of fact, COVID was really really benefited the homeless people because Cuyahoga County paid some of the motels to house the homeless people during COVID. And the big bonus there was that the that social services people knew where these people were every day. And so they could go and do the interviews with them mm-hmm. and try and arrange services for them, whether it was to get them on <clears throat> a food, you know, a food card or uh, help them try and find housing. Because one of the things with the homeless is they move around. And the social services people don't have, they really don't have the ability to go and try and track these people down. Mm-hmm. So that was a really that was one of the benefits. I'm I know we never talk about any benefits from COVID, but that really helped a lot of homeless people. We're seeing less people on the streets now because they are indoors because of COVID. And that's so that's interesting. Yeah, that so that's that really helped. That's a good thing. And so it's difficult for them to get the help they need in terms of you said, you know, a, a, a large percentage of these people, it's a mental health or an addiction right. issue. So they need services and help. Do they want help? Well, see, that's another big issue. Um, we have known somebody for uh, probably as long as we've been going out, 18 years. <laughs> Number one, he raised his family in Highland Heights. He had a job. He supported a family. I I don't know how many kids he had, maybe four or five. And we don't know what happened to him, but he ended up on the streets, and we've known him for 18 years. He just agreed to go into an apartment. And um, there's, you know, there's some mental health issue there, obviously, Um but he just never – he's had other opportunities, and he would just never do it. And then the other peculiar uh, phenomenon is some of these people, and I don't know if you it's a, a mental health issue, but they just don't want to be indoors. They don't want to be confined. Mm-hmm. And we had another uh, friend that lived out um, outside for years. I mean, the guy built a pretty amazing – structure really <laughs> oh it, it was incredible that, so where was i mean not specifics but is was it just on a in a park what where it, it was actually on uh, a company's property and the business owner would leave pallets out so he had wood he burned the wood <laughs> and got the nails which then he turned in for money and everything like that and uh, it was amazing, but I think, um, yeah, we close. So mm-hmm. uh, he finally agreed to go into an apartment, and he said he would leave every day and walk around and see his friends. And when he'd get back to his apartment, he would walk by it five or six times before he could get himself to go inside to, to the go apartment. Inside. Yeah. 
yeah. That's interesting. So there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons. And again, you know, a lot of it's mental health, but. Uh, Which, do you think um, many of these people have an expectation, though, that that this is a temporary situation for them? Or that, or are they hopeful? Um, some of them are. And some of them are hopeless. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's it's rough. It's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad. And yet, and so you pray with them. Absolutely. And 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 if you know, follow up. We go back to school at the end of the night. We have somebody read about every visit they made, and then we pray for all the people that we visited that night. That's beautiful. And, yeah, it's awesome. And so I'm curious to know the impact this has on the students. When they, when I, I, I imagine their conversation afterward at the end of the evening has got to be pretty, pretty amazing to listen to. You know, when you're coming in from Strongsville or Shaker Heights or Chardon, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're visiting people that are living on the streets, you you had no idea that this type of thing existed. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a broadens their whole understanding of life. It, it's, an, it's, it's so invaluable that they go on. Several students have gone on to college and started these organizations mm-hmm. at their colleges. That's wonderful. And I, I would imagine I mean, it gives them a whole different perspective. Oh. Absolutely. And gratitude, Absolutely. a level of gratitude, and and what's important, gratitude, I would think. Appreciation, you sure. know. Sure. You know, go home and hug your parents for putting a roof over your head and everything. Absolutely, that's a wonderful story. So you were saying earlier that people can help if they would like, um, if the, if people would like to donate. Um, what should they do? Yeah, just call St. Ignatius High School and tell them that you'd like to donate something to LABRA. All you have to use is that one term, LABRA, or say to the group that goes out and visits with the homeless people, mm-hmm. and they'll be happy to connect you with uh, the people that are in, are in charge of that. It's uh, they Believe me, they can use the donations. You know, and it's... And look in your closet. You know, clothes... Sure. That you haven't worn for six months. I mean, you know, start there and, or if you have access to, you know, discounted clothes, mm-hmm. socks, things like that, hoodies, you know, it's really, really needed. Wonderful. Unwatched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea, with nothing to do until morning. The Advocate is sponsored by Nick Phillips and is responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.